on the cover. The Midnighters are framed against a mystic gateway of shimmering pastel light in the middle of an enchanted glade. Above them, silhouetted against the moon, is the shape of a gigantic raven. Wonder World Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 6, Into the Wilds, Issue 1, Nevermore. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. Our comic picks up the next morning. After Jodica and everyone's conversation with the four mystic earth spirits, that went very well thanks to Finn, and the all of the shenanigans at the warehouse. Midas is still recovering from his injuries. Moonflower has left to go see a Jump In Girls concert that she had tickets for. But we do catch up with Sam. Out cold for some time. Sam, you've been feverishly ill these last few days and nights. Can you talk to us about that? Yes. Uh, yes. And, yeah, also just kind of what, I, yeah, what it's like as you kind of come to in this uh, campsite in the woods. You ever just left me there? Oh, why don't you oh, okay. find out? <laughs> we designated someone to stay behind with Sam. I remember that specifically. <laughs> Who we left, I don't remember specifically. It was, it was the princess. I think it was uh, actually Anna Zenturis as well as uh, Roxanne, I think. Oh, yeah, Roxanne didn't go in. We can. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was Zoltana and Waldo. So, Sam. You wake up at the campsite. How are you? How are you feeling? <clears throat> okay, yeah. So Sam uh, opens his eyes and uh, and he's like, "Oh man, I am so thirsty right now. Where am I?" And then Waldo comes over. He's like sniffling and snuffling, but mm-hmm. he, uh, I think, he brings a little. He brings Sam's water bottle mm-hmm. and uh, sets it by him. And uh, so Sam like takes a little drink. He's like, ah, oh, thank you, Waldo. Whoa. I feel like I just had like the craziest dreams. I also feel like crap, to be quite honest. But like, where is everybody, Waldo? And then Sam starts to like get up and like look around. You guys have all uh, didn't talk to the Earth Spirits. Jodica stayed for a few hours afterwards. But you guys have gone back to camp and rested, and it is now kind of the next morning. So where are where is everyone around camp? And where does Sam find them? KT is floating seven feet above the campfire. Stretched out in a lackadaisical pose. Uh, cool. who, is, who is still with us? Like, is Roxanne and Rin, are they still, or have they gone? Rin went back to, uh, Rin went with Eden to the warehouse to rescue her brother, mm-hmm. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So, is Roxanne still with us? Uh, Ryan's looking for someone to wrestle with. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Roxanne is still around for sure. She won't leave until Geodic has officially concluded her her business. Yeah. Cool. I think uh, Ryan and Roxanne are having a little wrestle. Probably looks quite violent from the outside, but they're both laughing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like the uh, most brutal tickle fight you have ever seen in your life. There's rock fists, there's plant fists, there's big pow, bam sound effects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think... Oh, go ahead. After Eden definitely ditched Cardigan as soon as possible at the warehouse and that whole scene, Mm -hmm. Shrike flew off and I think Cardigan helped Midas back to the library to rest after stuff was being pumped out of him or into him. There was tubes and stuff. Yeah, he went on his own little side adventure and it did not end well and he was and tortured and drained by the uh, arms trafficker Jack Steele. Yeah, so I think after she gets him back to the library with Threshold... Stitch just appears in the campsite on a broom. She didn't fly there on the broom. She just, like, stitched herself there through the ether and appeared on a broom as if she'd flown there. Sam, Stitch looks radically different since the last time you saw her. Not so radically that I don't recognize her. She's still very obviously Stitch. Okay. But, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, another quick physical description of what you look like now, Stitch? Yeah. I guess the main thing is her clothing and her hair. She now has a large, wide-brimmed white witch's hat. She's entered her pastel goth meets white witch high fantasy phase. She's got a skull graphic hoodie that's neon pink, orange, and yellow that says Threadhead with a needle stuck through the eye sockets. (laughs) And, yeah, a little plaid skirt in bright colors. And white witchy boots. And her hair is more flippy and short and not braided. Okay, so um, Sam's like, oh, where am I? What's going on? And like looking around and, and he looks and sees Stitch and is like, whoa, Stitch, cool, look, you're rocking. And you fly a broom now. I also dig that. I think that's a, that's a sweet choice. Honestly, I dig that a lot. But, uh, and then, uh, Sam, like, runs off into the woods and is, like, sick for a second. (laughs) I don't want to get too graphic, but, uh, yeah, he runs off into the bushes and kind of, when he comes back, he looks, like, green in the gills. And he's like, geez, I'm sorry, y'all. I don't know what happened, but I honestly think, like, maybe that... Some of the seaweed I ate or something, like, reacted weird, because I just, like, I did not feel well there, and I, I mean, I still really don't, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was great, I was just, I just feel weird, to be honest with you, uh, but anyway, um, how are y'all doing, what's, what's been going on? There's a panel of Stitch stitching on a white glove on her hand, in kind of the, uh, Nurse Jackie cover fashion, say, Graviton, we might have to do surgery. Sam's green now, too. (laughs) 
Finn looks up from where he has been cheering on Ryan in uh, his tussle with Roxanne and notices that Sam is up and about and runs over full tilt and just tackles you at the waist. And it's just going on and on. We had such a cool adventure. We went we talked to the Earth Spirits and I went on a huge hike and there was this giant glowy cave and we talked to these like dangerous Earth God people and then I told them not to destroy the city and then he saved everyone and I got to wear your hat. Oh, right on, buddy. That that all sounds that all sounds great. And and you're okay though? Yeah. It was fine. Afterwards, I went down and laid in the creek. That that sounds great. I'm 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 really glad you're okay. I for some reason I had this I had this weird feeling, but no that that all sounds like that all sounds like a lot of fun. Does anyone else want to kind of maybe give their spin on some of that tale? Because much as I love my my boy Finn's, you know enthusiasm sometimes it kind of makes his 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 narratives a little hard to follow yeah i don't know i think other fan came pretty much covered it that's pretty much what we did oh okay all right i hope um, it's cool i gave him your hat no oh 100 percent for sure yeah i can always get another hat you know it's just a it's just a ball cap you know i was just borrowing it it gave me the power to be a real adventurer heck yeah it did that's why I wear it. Mm-hmm. Finn was quite impressive indeed. Mankind was almost rightfully destroyed for their transgressions, but Finn was able to change their minds. Wow, that seems like massively consequential, Finn. You really are, like, probably the biggest hero ever, then, it sounds like. Oh, ducks, you won't have to say it like that. I mean, if you just saved all humanity, I don't know what else, I don't know what other conclusion I could possibly draw. I'm not like all of them, just the people in the city. Can I lift uh, Finn up onto my shoulders and start a Finn, Finn, Finn? Finn, Heck yeah, we're just doing that around the campfire for a little while, I think. Awesome, awesome. Finn is overjoyed. But seriously, y'all, I feel like. I don't know if I need surgery. Thank you, though, Lady Stitch. But uh, I do feel like maybe I need, like, a ginger ale or, I don't know, like, some kind of light salad, maybe. Like a like a cucumber salad or, you know, some sort of, I don't know. I feel yeah. like I need, I need to eat something healthy, you know? Are you not able to throw up one of your four stomachs and empty it out? Yeah, all four of my stomachs are already empty, my friend. You know, uh, uh, my Uncle Patrick makes a mean cucumber salad. You could totally, like, you know, go and uh, go and hang out, you know, at my place if you guys if you guys wanted. It's, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, if if you want. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, as long I mean. I wouldn't want to impose, and I guess I can't speak for other folks. They got other things going on. Hey, what day is it? I might actually have a shift. I can't remember if it was t- today or tomorrow, but it might depend on what 
what day it is, like how long I was asleep, I guess. I've, I've grown accustomed to becoming unconscious for, you know, periods of time, but I still like to try and make make my shifts as much as I can at the salty freeze. What day is it? I don't know what day it is. Uncle Patrick's been bugging me to come home though, so. Well, well yeah, no, let's let's go there, and then I mean, like, I probably have we, I can at least swing by there on my way if it turns out that that I do have to go to you work. But yeah, I'm down. like call in sick though if you're unwell. Oh, you know what? That hadn't even occurred to me, but yeah, that is a good point. If I'm not well, I probably shouldn't go to work. Especially if I'm like, like sick and like handling food and whatnot. I guess you're. I guess you're absolutely right. I just jump right back into you know whatever mode. But yeah, I just like, ugh, man. And like, if if becoming unconscious is like a thing that is happening a lot, I don't like. I don't. I'm not a doctor. You should probably talk to someone about that. Yeah, totally. No, you're, I mean, yeah, I, I think that is probably correct. That's not, that seems correct. What's that? I don't know. Ryan comforting and supporting Sam after he admitted a vulnerability or weakness. It very well could have been. Seems like maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love I love comforting support. I, I I think Ryan was definitely comforting and supporting. Were you admitting a vulnerability or weakness, Sam? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Awesome. What is that? What does that look like for the beacon? Oh, I actually don't even know. <laughs> Sorry. We're pretending to be professionals here, Charlie. <laughs> I got it right here. Oh yeah. Share vulnerability or weakness with someone. Ask them to confirm or deny that you should be here. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. If they confirm it, mark potential and give them influence over you. If they deny it, mark angry and shift one label up and one label down. Your choice. <laughs> yeah, okay. It kind of sounded to me like Ryan was saying you should be here. because He said you should call it sick to work and not go. I mean, fair I, I mean, feel free to correct me if that was is a misinterpretation, Ryan. But, no, no, yeah, definitely. But like, I don't. I, I think Sam should be here. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, you get a mark potential, Sam, and uh, Ryan has influence over you now. Oh my god! Is that, is that double influence? Is that double influence? Are you shifting labels, Ryan? No, I did not. I didn't have influence over. Oh, me. cool. Oh, okay. I don't have oh. influence over very many people. They all have influence over me, but. <laughs> Oh, cool. So now I'm a company supporting. Yeah. So let's do that. Ah, shit. (laughs) Uh, Uh Oh, Sam. (laughs) That's gonna be a five. I was gonna, I was gonna make Sam my rival when he said that Stitch looked nice, but then I didn't. So. Yeah, Sam, you're you're hearing this, and you're it just like something about it just kind of rings a little hollow to you. You don't know if it's because you're feeling off and still just kind of in a mood, but you are just in a funk right now. Why don't you go ahead and mark a condition of your choice? Okay, I'm gonna go with hopeless. That's partly because I don't know if I've ever done that one, and also because. At that, 
Sam, like a, a kind of a pall comes over Sam's face and he kind of looks at the ground and, and he says, you know what guys, I actually, I actually think maybe I should just go, maybe I should just, maybe I should just go back to the shop go or something. I like, I don't feel right at all. Sorry. Sorry to be a bummer. Is about this time that there is a a whoosh and a slash, and in the shadow cast by a tall pine tree, a portal is cut open, and not a, and it looks like a a nightmare dimension portal, but out of it steps Rin, clad in her spiky nightmare plate armor. She uh sits. Uh, Midas is doing well. He is stable. Unconscious. No one is going anywhere until I get the answers we came here for. And she turns to Roxanne and says, Where's Geodica? She owes us answers. Roxanne is typically unfaced by this. Says, uh, well, yeah, she's just uh, saying her goodbyes, princess. Why don't you sit down and wait? You also were going to try and find a way to get Belch home as well. Oh, yeah. If I recall. Is Belch with us right now? Not currently. He is still inside of the library and cannot get out because the doors are too small. Oh, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. I think there's, like, a small panel of Ryan scraping the, like, tin of hot chocolate, trying to get the last of it out to try to make Sam a hot chocolate. Oh, but there's, like, not very much left, so it's probably not going to be very good. Zoltana approaches KT and uh, says, uh, Graviton, I believe I should give you your communicator back. I keep getting calls for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would probably be quite prudent. I thank you. Cool. So KT has, has their comms again. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> the, the biggest loop in oh, the yeah. whole yeah. series closed. We fucked it, guys. Oh. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool. So, Ryan makes, um, yeah, you're able to make boil up some water and mix up a, a couple mugs of cocoa while you guys wait for Geodica. And it's not too much longer before she makes her way out of the cave and down the hill towards her campsite. She finally sits down and says, Oh, man, Gaia does not shut up when she starts talking. I apologize. Uh, don't worry, young Finn. I gave them a good scolding for you. Gaia's come around, and I believe Regolith will not be bothering us for some time. Now, how may I help you? Rin will step forward first. I wish to know more about this blade. The curse that's laid upon me and what resides inside. Geodica looks it over and kind of a, a grave expression crosses her face. You are not of this world, right? Yes, I am from Lucia, beyond the realm of perdition. Geodica says, yes, I have heard of Lucia, not visit the nightmare dimension, or as you call it, Perdition, it is uh, a dark shadow of the realm between realms. It touches every world. It's a 
collection not of just the nightmares of humanity, but the nightmares of every living thing from every world. This, uh, this place uh, is ruled by many uh, spirits, great and small. One of its most powerful, most cruel lords was called Varakiel the Saintless. That is until his own brother betrayed him and trapped him within his own sword and looks very apprehensively down at the blade in Rin's hands. Stitch is going to sneer at Rin because she thinks everything to do with her nightmare magic is disgusting. So she's going to say, yeah, well, enough about that. We still have to get Belch to the Feywilds. She looks around and counts ahead. Uh, five, six tickets, please. Thank you. Ah, yes. Let me just wave my magic hands and make a magic portal for you. Oh, yes, Listen that's here. what I'm asking. Child, you may have been touched by magic, and you are aware of the magical ley lines in the world, right? Motes of power that travel throughout the world. Surely you followed them to get here, yes? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of new to this magic thing, so... I can tell. <laughs> and I think she is shifting your labels right there. <laughs> She is lowering your superior and raising your freak. She is saying you are not very smart, but you are very weird. <laughs> She's going to reject it. Why not? Okay, go ahead and roll 2d6. That is a four. Amazing. So what do you say to her as you, uh, to Geodic as you try and retort? Oh, what, yeah, what well, think? I can't do magic, but a seven-year-old fish solves your problem, so who really knows what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Well, child, <laughs> allow me to enlighten you. I am the protector of these ley lines. It is my job to make sure that they stay intact so that our reality doesn't become unraveled and fall apart at the seams. And so if you Go mucking about in them again without cleaning up after yourself. I will be coming after you. Do you understand? Stitches very sassily, buffing her nails with her needle and says, Yeah, I unravel all the time. It's not that big a deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I make Stitch my love again? Just real quick. <laughs> you can't make her your love when she's already your love. Not Finn was my love. Oh yeah, absolutely. Then yeah, you get influence over me. You already have influence over me. Do I shift your labels in that case, then? Yeah, absolutely. How do you see Ryan? Definitely her savior up and her freak down because she was there for Stitch when she needed it after Roxanne took her face off. So she sees her in a warm and protective sense. Sweet. Thank you. Very well. You are going to go to the Feywild. I suppose I should tell you what you expect. It is an untamed, magical, whimsical place. It defies your expectations and logic. However, there are three rules that you must follow. And it is very important that you do not break them. 
you must have permission before you enter any abode or dwelling. You cannot tell a lie. And you must honor all of your contracts and pay all of your debts. Okay, so Stitch got three new lessons there. Never tell a lie. <laughs> Always pay your debts. What was the first one again? You must have permission to enter a building. Or Superhero a- should have permission <laughs> before she enters a building. I fucking love the new board. <laughs> All right, we have some lessons locked in. Now, now that you know these rules, you must also know that the creatures who live in the Feywild are clever. You cannot tell a lie, but you can twist the truth. Or omit it completely. Names are also incredibly powerful things there. Be careful who you tell yours and who knows yours. Guard it well. I think there might... There are probably a couple more things, but it's been a few decades since I've been there the last time, so I'm sure you'll figure out the rest. Now, she reaches into her backpack, kind of tucked in under the bedroll tent that are packed up on top, pulls out a small pouch, and takes a tiny pinch of dust out of it, puts it into a much smaller pouch, looks at Stitch, decides she is not the most responsible person, looks at Roxanne, Looks at Ryan. Looks at Sam. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and, a lot of great options here. (laughs) And Sam, this this very small bag of dust says, uh, "This is powder that has fallen off of Lux herself, one of the great Earth spirits. Been my companion for many decades. This is very powerful." should be able to open a gateway to the Feywilds in a place where there is a strong connection, like a fairy circle. Sprinkle the dust there, and uh, a gateway should appear. All right. Any notion on where to find a, a fairy circle? or Because I do think I know what you're talking about, but I just want to, like, I don't want to, you know, just charge off without asking what seems like a really obvious question. Well, there's only really one place we can make it. We can't move Belch, so the library I'll have to do? Oh, that's right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, I I could move Belch, Rin says. I could also move Belch. (laughs) Stitch just glances over. None of you were here before. (laughs) Sam burps loudly. I do believe Sam just moved Belch as well. <laughs> Thank you, KT. I knew you, I knew you get that. I had, I had to do that. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Right. Excuse can, me. Can Ryan burp louder? <laughs> that sounds like you'd have to roll to unleash yeah. your powers. Yeah, OMG. <laughs> RTFO! Um, no, absolutely. That seems like it's well within your wheelhouse. Geotica raises her eyebrows and then kind of cups her face in her hand and says, so, Well, I wish you the very best of luck, and I honestly hope I get to see you again. 
Well, that was nicer than I thought. I thought she was going to say that she didn't want to see us again. Maybe she's just curious to like find out what happens to oh, us. No, I'm not worried about... I, I don't want to see you again, but I'm just worried you won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for clearing that up. Of course, of course, dear. <laughs> Turn the page. Awesome. Where, There's where one is particular the- person here from a certain event that may have happened at a play might know of a magical circle somewhere. Yeah, uh, you think Ryan, Ryan. A strong connection to the Feywild. <laughs> you think you think Ryan remembers anything except that there was a, a cute girl there? <laughs> there was a big bird and a cute girl. Can I make um, it any more obvious? Yeah. Editor's note, see Pride Anthology, issue three, Shakespeare in the Park, Midsummer Night's Dream. It's like a, like a couple of panels of like, really, like, just um, refract the cute girl in questions, like face, and then like really blurry behind it, like the fairy <laughs> circle. <laughs> <laughs> like, like Ryan trying to remember like, where, what, where? There were things happening around her. <gasps> see past the cute girl. <laughs> you must remember, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you guys going to find a place with a strong connection to the Feywild in New Olympus? What if Ryan takes everybody to the park for a barbecue? Because that's what he wanted to do. And then when they're at the park, he can be like, yo, like, when we were here last time, there was like this crazy Feywild, like, villain made like this big circle and is like recounting his heroic you know heroics and then like somebody can be like bro that's what we need yeah let's get let's get a quick scene of everyone grabbing lunch at uncle patrick's (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, fine i will not let michael move plot forward i will not (laughs) you can have a little slice of life moment Uh, so, I think, just just so you guys know, I don't think that Uncle Patrick and Ryan's house is big enough for all of us, but we are all there. Uh, he's not, he's not, like, happy that there's a bunch of superheroes in his backyard eating his salad. Like, he's friendly, but mm-hmm. he's like, Ryan, what the fuck? Yeah, um, yeah. He's not, like, mad, just would have, like, you know, a, a heads up, perhaps. If it makes... Uncle Patrick feel any better. KT is not eating any of the salad. <laughs> that, I think that actually makes him feel worse. Also not, oh, but also not like taking up space on the ground in this tiny backyard, right? <laughs> <laughs> is Belch here? Have we brought Belch? I guess we don't know where the... <laughs> no, no, we haven't got. We need to get Belch. <laughs> like We should bring Belch. Just bring him. So Belch is also crammed into this tiny backyard. <laughs> so because I, I think Ryan is like Uncle Patrick. Like, do you know you you ever seen like a um like a fairy circle or anything? Like this guy needs one. This pointing to Belch. This guy needs a uh like a fairy circle or something. Like a ring of mushrooms around an old tree stump. I I guess so. Or maybe like a maybe like that that. Maybe that big, you know, uh, actually, I'm not going to say that in front of Uncle Patrick. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> in the background of this panel, 
Stitch has stitched her needle into a fork and is just worriedly trying to shovel salad into Sam's mouth. <laughs> and Sam's like, again, on the page, like, one gaunt, you know, still like little, yeah, just like visibly not very well. And uh, it's like, yeah, I thought, I maybe thought salad sounded good, but I just, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hungry. Thank you, though. Thank you. There's I'll cucumbers. You need cucumbers. Yeah, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have a few. And so he's like, awkwardly, you know, receiving the force-fed cucumber bits a little bit. <laughs> this, this satisfies Cardigan enough to, good, to abate good. her. Cardigan is sated. Yeah, I think, yeah. So it's like, okay, I'll just like go through this motion. Um, she was probably trying to comfort support you in that moment, honestly. I was, yeah, I was gonna I ask was you a if bit, Cardigan is trying to attempt to mm-hmm. comfort and support you in her own way. Okay, thermodynamic miracle. When you comfort or support someone by telling them what makes them unique, roll freak instead of mundane. If they open up to you, shift freak up and mundane down. If they don't, oh, mark a condition. You know, Sam, it's really cool how you're just always going. I don't even know how you do it. You know, I can barely keep up with the rest of you. As she's, you know, this is like while she's Mm -hmm. the force feeding cucumber process. (laughs) Give us a roll plus freak to comfort and support. Oh. Oh. That is a one and a three on the dice. Plus two, still a six. One team in the yeah. pool. Anyone? KT, let's go. alter the density of that cucumber to make it easier <laughs> to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah, as like Sam starts to chew on it, it kind of just like disapparates almost mm-hmm. in a way that he has never experienced before and probably never will again and he's like maybe I am starting to feel better <laughs> cucumbers are now effervescent <laughs> oh my god oh. oh that's wonderful awesome so that is a hit uh, when you comfort or support someone on a hit they mark potential clear condition or shift labels if they open up to you so, okay, so Sam says, well, you know what, Cardi, I, I do appreciate that, but I just, I honestly, this weird thing's happening that when Geodica was talking, I like started to hear more and more voices in my head, and then, you know, when we were down back down here, honestly, like before you came over with the cucumber, I was starting to feel like maybe I should just like dig underground and stay there. I don't know. I feel like weird stuff's happening. And, and I and I do wonder if maybe I've been going a little bit too hard to your point. I don't know if, if I'm just still dehydrated or or maybe it's the multiple concussions or or any number of things could be it. But I still, I still feel like something. I still, feel, I don't know. I, I, I still don't feel quite right. But, but I do appreciate, I do appreciate you, uh, you looking after me. It does. It, that does mean a lot to me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't think you should be digging any holes at the moment. But I haven't been around very long. But the one thing I think I have learned is whether it's in your head or the world, there's 
a lot of voices that are talking to you, and some you just can't listen to. Beautiful. Fair enough. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you get to clear again. Uh, shift your own labels or arch potential. Or mark potential. Heck yeah. And then Ryan rushes over and breaks the moment. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ryan like rushes over, seeing Cardigan feeding Sam and like them having a really nice moment is going to make Sam his rival again. <laughs> again. Uh, so you can influence over me, but you already have that. You're going to shift Ryan's labels again, Sam. Oh my gosh. What's the nature of the interruption? Uh, I think. You guys are all crowded around a really small table. Like, there's not enough chairs. So, like, KT is probably like floating next to you. And then there's like, Ryan like rushes over and like slams his hands on the table. And it's like, guys, I figured it. I figured it out. And then like stops halfway through a sentence to like glare at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, I think in that moment, it's going to be, um, up danger and down savior just because of the immediacy of him be of of sam being startled and him being in such a reverie that he actually is like actually kind of scared shitless for a second uh i can't up my danger anymore so what do i do so you uh have to mark a condition because you aren't the way southpaw thinks you are and that hurts you i you can't live up to his expectations Mark, uh... so i think it so um what happens then is that sam sam's reaction is like so violent and outsized to to what ryan just did he he like actually stands up and he like like screams and runs away and is like kind of loses control of himself for a second, runs out the back of the backyard into, I assume, City Park. Absolutely. I, I'm not guilty then, I guess. <laughs> There's definitely a City Park nearby. Um, yeah, Ryan did not mean to make Sam afraid, so he's going to mock guilty. Cool, not how I saw that interaction going, but I guess good for me. Sam is removed from my love stitch. Um, <laughs> I think there's like, there's an awkward pause. And then Ryan just like looks back to KT and Cardigan and is like, uh, he's actually going the right way though. Long story short, there's a, there's a fairy ring in, in the park over there. But sh- don't, uh, don't tell. Patrick, that that's where we're going. Let's just like. Cardigan gingerly puts down the cucumber and looks over at Uncle Patrick and says, We're not going anywhere. And then just reaches over and offers her hand to Graviton, <laughs> hoping for a ride. We, we are going somewhere. Yeah, she just had to tell Uncle Patrick that we were. We're, we're not. Yeah, thanks for lunch. <laughs> Run. Oh. I run off to Sam. Uncle Patrick raises an eyebrow at you. <laughs> it's like, uh-huh. Oh, it's so much shit. KT shall gently take Lady Cardigan's hand, look at Uncle Patrick, and say, 
I would bid you adieu, but I do not know your name, and we shall float through Uncle Patrick's table and wall outside towards the direction that Sam had just taken off to. Belch kind of takes his head through the door and is like, What? And we were leaving. KT shall float back towards Belch, grab one of his fingers, and float him through the wall as well. I think he looks with the most longing at Uncle Patrick. Uh, he looks, yeah, longingly at Uncle Patrick and at the stack of cheeseburgers that he just pulled off the grill. <laughs> oh, poor Belch. Poor Uncle Belch Patrick. was looking forward to macaroni salad. <laughs> <laughs> when they catch up to Sam, he is... Sitting in the middle of wherever you guys were meaning to go, and he's got that pouch that Geodica gave him, and he's sort of like kneeling there in the middle in like the full despondent, dramatic, you know, melodrama kneel. Mm-hmm. You guys know despondent melodrama kneel, yeah. or like not even mm-hmm. kneel, yeah, but like on him. your knees, yeah, he's great, you know. Yeah. It's Melodrama Neil. Yeah. The good guy. Uh, writing that down. Melodrama Neil is definitely coming back, but you know. Yeah, so Sam, as you are running into this park and you feel kind of this pull towards it looks just like a, a small grove of trees in the park. But as you kind of get into them, you are feel like you're just running deeper and deeper into a forest. And you're surrounded by just fantastic plants you've never seen before and vibrant colors and are just surrounded by this, yeah, vibrant, lush nature. And that is where you finally, despondently, and melodramatically kneel. Yeah, I think as he runs, he he starts to sense that he's running away from his own tether to reality and further into, like, this weird chaos and so like yeah there's these things that like the familiar patterns of a city park start to get filled in with these like waving wispy things and like you say like different colors and different things and it's his vision's just getting noisier and noisier and he's getting more and more anxious and panicked until um he kind of starts he sees like a a glowing warmth at the, that at the very least seems to like, um, you know, tamp down the chaos that's filling mm-hmm. his vision. And, and so he, he, he goes towards that and that's where he collapses. Amazing. You guys, yeah, you follow Sam and this trail into this kind of, yeah, just kind of tiny patch of trees that is somehow suddenly find yourself in the middle of this kind of expansive, deeply wooded area surrounded by magical fey wild plants and you see Sam kneeling in the middle of this grove um near the base of uh what one of the largest trees KT shall descend from the heavens with Lady Cardigan and Lord Belch I think Ryan is like a little bit behind and like <laughs> I didn't realize we were flying here. I do not understand. I believe technically only Belch and I 
are capable of flight. Exactly. <laughs> um, as the rest of you arrive, you realize that you are not quite alone in this grove. So uh, the, the base of this giant tree, the roots um, have formed what looks like an elaborate woven cage. In the center of it is uh, this sort of amorphous avian eye surrounded by flickering gems watching you closely. It's the eye giant. Like, is it, is it the bird? No. Oh. You, Ryan, do you recognize it feels kind of almost familiar? It reminds you of Jules, who attacked Shakespeare in the park. The Feywild spirit. I mean, I'm going to walk up to it if nobody stops me. KT shall join you, float over in its direction as well. The eye glares at you, Ryan. Have you come to gloat? Normally I would say yes, uh, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be gloating about. You and your friends trapped me here. And now, I cannot escape this cursed form. Oh, Jewel? Ah, now you remember. Look, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little bit distracted that day. We, we, just, came, we, didn't, we just came to go to the Feywild. Do you wish to be freed from this form? I do not think my jailer would take kindly to it. I did not inquire about your jailer. Well, dear, they have inquired about you. It is then when you hear a tremendously loud raven's cry from high up in the trees above you. Crow. It's a crow. Sorry, a tremendously loud crow's cry from high above you. (laughs) Did that call come from a hooked beak or a straight one? We're going to settle this <laughs> uh, Ryan, Ryan will uh, flinch embarrassingly. What do the rest of you do as you hear this threatening cry? Belch looks startled and a little bit frightened. KT shall bend light and heat and become invisible. Is Stitch invisible too? Or is Stitch just hanging there in the air with her hand upwards? Let's do this the correct way. Give me a number between... No, excuse me. Give me an odd or even. <laughs> odd. Stitch. Still visible to the naked eye. <laughs> <laughs> so there Stitch is hanging in the air, visible with her arm held upwards. And a missing hand. <laughs> the missing hand. She has a witch's hat now. For everyone's knowledge, she could be floating. No one knows mm-hmm. she can't. For the readers, she can't. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, still in completely melodrama Neil, he looks up, stricken, his eyes are kind of glazed over, and he, he sees the the crow fly over, kind of to himself, you know, to under his breath. No one else hears it. He says, the raven. Oh, wait, is it? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> oh yeah, high production quality on this one. <laughs> Might want to get it correct. He's taking pot shots, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you see a silhouette swoop low over the trees and hear the cry again. Uh, Stitch looks around for a second, but then recognizes Jewel's voice and says, Wait, it was you! You self-absorbed piece of crap, you almost ruined my first show! That's it. And it is then when the canopy breaks and a gigantic three-story tall crow covered in glittering red runes and glowing furious eyes comes swooping down towards you with its massive beak wide open. Yeah, then Ryan, you've got a, a board coming your way. That board fucked me up last time. Big burb. Um, fuck? <laughs> I think... Uh, I will try to dodge out of the way. That's wise. Mm. Try to do like a cool forward roll, like you know, land land really like hero like next to Sam in the in the middle of the circle or something. Yeah, why don't you roll to unleash your powers to evade this powerful foe coming at you? Sure. Uh, that's plus break, isn't it? It is indeed. That is a five. Well, good news. I think we are coming together as a team against the powerful foe. So, let's get some, some team in the pool. Um, <laughs> we start out by adding two, so we're at two. Who is the leader of this team? Well, that is a very <laughs> interesting <laughs> Can no one be the answer? Uh, we are. No. I Ryan always imagined that we are more of a cell than a team. <laughs> Ryan thinks it's Sam, I think, because Sam's the one who's got the pouch. Okay. What does everyone else think? I, too, wish to blame Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it makes as much sense as anyone. We all followed him here. Okay, Sam. Do you he let have us here. Influence over everyone else on the team. I don't think so. You have influence over me and me. You have influence over Ryan. You have and you have you do yes, have influence over all over us. Oh, I do have influence yeah. over everyone. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, Great. we are up to 3 team in the pool. Sam, what is your purpose in this fight right now? It's actually very confusing to sort out what Sam Sam's experience is in this moment. He really um, needs to get those concussions taken a look at. <laughs> <laughs> it's really becoming a problem. I mean, I think the purpose is to fight off this giant beast that's attacking us. That checks right? out. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a... Yeah. Does anyone else have a, a different purpose in this fight? That seems the most wise course of action. Agreed. Nice. Uh, awesome. So, we are up to four. Team in the pool. Does anyone mistrust Sam or anyone else on the team? No. Negative. Also no. Awesome. Cool. So, we stay at four. 
And are you ill-prepared or off-balance right now as a team? Yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely? Okay, awesome. So, three team in the pool total. Okay. Brian, you have a giant bird attacking you and a total of five right now. I'm uh, totally happy for Ryan to fail. Ryan, Ryan failing is very good for him. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. We'll say, um, yeah, yeah, no, you can mark potential. And if uh, no one does anything to, like, protect you, then, yeah, you are absolutely going to get slammed by this bird. Needs to be taken down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> well, but since they were rolling towards Sam, it did make sense to me that Sam is kind of broken out of his reverie by the dive. And maybe he tries to pull Ryan out of the way of, of the horrendous beak and claws and whatnot with, uh, you know, an extra, you know, a little more cool hero role, but like the kind where you jump over and like grab someone and roll them away from mm -hmm, you, mm -hmm. you know? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and roll plus your savior to defend Ryan with an extra double hero role. Sweet. I feel like You're Ryan just landed like flat on his back as well. Like they really failed at the role. And if Sam does really well at this, it's going to be so funny. <laughs> okay. Boom. Full success. So on a hit, you keep them safe. And you get to choose one. Add a team to the pool. Take influence over someone you protect or clear condition. I think I'm going to clear Afraid. Awesome. Go ahead. All right. You were no longer afraid. Tight. Uh, so, yeah, what does it look like as you do a badass double roll to pull Ryan off of his back and out of the way of this giant raven? I think he just, he doesn't even have time to think, so he just acts kind of on instinct and... Before Ryan fully comes to rest, vaults over the top of him and finds a way to like yank the last of his momentum with him so that they both kind of just, you know, just get one roll over, one more roll extra and the, mm -hmm. the talons come down. It, it's not right pretty, there. but it does the trick and you two are able to just barely get out of the way as, yeah, the talons explode into the ground in a the cloud of dirt and pine needles. Can Stitch charge her burn? Absolutely. Go ahead and roll plus conditions marked. Well, that is a three and a one on the dice as I'm Ooh. just rolling left and right. But I have five awesome. conditions marked, so that's a nine. Awesome. <laughs> I do have to mark another condition. You marking do have to mark a condition, though. Hopeless. And having, once again, six conditions marked, but I retain two burn there? Yeah, or you get three burn. Oh, three burn. Beautiful. Yeah, you still get three burn. Okay. She is going to let go of Graviton's hand and float down to the earth. And as she does so, she pulses with the magic energy and the ripple that goes across her threads. And she's going to activate Construct and spend two burns to create a cute little shadow clone of herself right next to her in her exact form and size. Working together, they are going to start sending threads and try to stitch this bird up. Oh my god. 
That is so awesome. Yeah, Sam, you have never seen Stitch do anything like this before. She is radiating and pulsing with magical energy in a way that you've, yeah, is totally new and kind of badass. Hell yeah. Awesome. Roll to directly engage a threat with your constructs. This will be interesting. It is a minus two because every condition, yeah, yeah. it's unavoidable at that point. But with the eight, um, Stitch has learned her lesson. She's going to resist and avoid the blows. Hell yeah. Awesome. You and your clone dance around Yule Moon, the massive bro, and uh, begin to tie it to the ground. And it lets out just like this ear-shattering screech. It is immobilized for now, but its runes begin to pulse and glow with magical energy, and you can sense it is building up an immense amount of power that it is about to unleash. What are Ryan and KT doing? I would like to attempt to defend our little party from this creature. Absolutely. How are you how are you going to do that, KT? What do you do on the comic page? So it it seems that this Corvid is attempting to unleash some sort of uh, what seems to be an energy attack, correct? Yes. Thank you for using preferred nomenclature as well. Corvid is is a much less controversial term, I think, at this point in the recording than... (laughs) KT shall snatch the closest three molecule layer of air around this beast and alter the density, creating an invisible shell as dense as a neutron star in an attempt to keep it from hurting my teammates. Incredible. Go ahead and roll plus savior to defend your teammates. That is a six plus a one plus a two for a total of nine. Yeah. I picture that as like the bird just being vacuum sealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like out, of, out of nowhere, just vacuum, just Ziploc bag is around it, you know? A very, is there any very way we could uh, spend a team and bump that up to a 10? Absolutely. If you want to, go right ahead. There's three team in the pool. Yeah, and to assist there, I think you just see Stitch grab one of her threads and kind of twist her wrist and just like kind of pull a couple mm-hmm. strings taut, and it just gives Graviton what they need. Yeah, absolutely. You were already locking it down, so that makes total sense. And on the page, you watch as the uh, this creature thrashes and wiggles, and the glow from its runes slow from a flashlight-like trail in the night to almost mimicking a gently rising smoke until uh, the light almost stops as it leaves the markings on its body. Perfect. So that is a full success, so you don't have to expose yourself to danger or escalate the situation. Instead, you keep everyone safe and get to add a team to the pool, take influence over someone you protect, or clear a condition. Would I be able to take influence over Lord Belch? Absolutely. 100%. I take influence over Lord Belch. (laughs) You got it. Yule Moon, the giant Corvid, screeches in frustration beneath this shimmering vacuum-sealed 
hard light shell that you have created around it. But it's Fey Magic is no match for the crushing weight of a neutron star. It um is screeching in frustration and rage and agony and finally says, Yield! Yield! Science always wins. Take that, atheists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I love KT. What? What do you want? We wish a door to the Feywild to be open so we may return something that rightfully belongs there. If you think I could open a door, would I would still be here? Maybe. This is a very entertaining planet. But you could at least help us, right? I mean, like, and Sam holds out the pouch, sort of like, gently open, and some dust, a little bit of the dust is wafting out of it. Jewel Moon's massive head talks to one side as it gives you the bird's side eye, and its head moves right down next to you as it gives it a very thorough once over. Powerful it is. Yes, perhaps, maybe, perhaps. But what does your moon get in return? Hmm? You just said yield. You don't get to say what you get in return. You just said yield. Fast, fair, fast, fair. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go through the portal, right? You could, you could go yeah, back. You could come with us. Yes and no, no and yes. What your moon wants is not important. What your moon must do is your moon must guard this this one. Its eye turns towards Jewel in the cage of the Duke tree. Right on. Well, uh, n- nevertheless, you did you did lose the, the fight, and uh, you had to say uncle. So uh, I said yield. Uncle is, is, it's a, it's a synonym. And I know maybe I should be more literal being as you're a creature of the Feywilds and I don't want to get caught in these sort of misunderstandings of the kind of syntactical nature, which it typically is something that happens to me. It seems like a lot. Your first child is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> Feywild joke. <laughs> I kind of thought so. But I was also glad that I don't have, I guess the whole point of the first child thing is like, no matter when, it's like the first child. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, never mind. Okay, all right, so, yeah, so, all right, don't come with us, but at least help us figure out how. Yes, I can help make the door and guard the door. Yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds good. And we'll also, like, in a long-term sense, like, I feel like we could partner with you in, in you know, keeping... Jewel locked away and and just sort of being on the same page and, uh, you know, working together in general, maybe, potentially. The deal's the deal. The, the deal's the deal. Once it's fulfilled and all that. Snatches good. the small bag of dust from your hand with its gigantic beak. And ah, damn it. Begins to kind of flutter, kind of, uh, you know how birds kind of like jump in place and flutter around as they're kind of like looking for something on the ground and it's doing that, but it's like 30 feet tall. So the ground's kind of like shaking a little <laughs> bit and there's just like clouds of dust everywhere. 
But finally, it kind of finds what it's looking for and starts to just very gingerly kind of like shake out a little bit of dust uh, dust at a time until it's created a circle on the ground. This magical shimmering portal begins to appear and it's almost like it's unlike anything you've seen. It's almost like watercolors are slipping into the world from somewhere else and smearing around you and it's like a Almost like a, like a heat shimmer mirage mixed with a watercolor painting of this fantastical world begins to just unfurl before you. Just the warmest smile you've ever seen is on Belch's face as he looks at the portal. Boom! Does he do like a cannonball into it? Absolutely. <laughs> he does now. <laughs> and, uh, Yes, Belch, the blue ogre, turns to you and says, Yes, yes, you must come. Belch will show you. Take you home. You must, you must, come! And he charges forward and jumps, just in a gigantic cannonball into the shimmering smears of of pastel light. Uh, Sam is, like, ever since the portal started to open, Sam has been, like, you know, all that, like, the the wanness, the lack of color, all that stuff, it goes away as this, as the iridescence of the portal grows, and Sam is, like, feeling more vitality, and he's feeling better and better, and is, like, before he even realizes it, he's on the very edge of it, and he's looking deeply into it, and he's gonna start to go through. Yeah. And uh, as you step through the portal, uh, it's like you're falling through uh, shimmering lights and colors you can't describe as you plunge through the time and space and the universe itself. It's like a the 2001 Space Odyssey scene. As you tumble through space and time and collapse in a pile on a beautiful, vibrant hill of soft blue grass, brilliant sunlight that sparkles down in rays of blue and purple and gold. We see Sam's, uh, the irises of Sam's eyes are also blue and purple and and green and pink and gold and Mm -hmm. all those colors. And Belch is smiling and pointing at a mountain range in the distance. See, that, those, the blue mountains, that is where Belch is from. You promised to take Belch home, so home is where we shall go. And uh, Sam smiles and he says, um, yeah, let's get started. And he just started, he like hops up and is like, feels amazing. Just starts kind of whistling and skipping and hopping along through mm-hmm. the forest, just like uh, um, Waldo materializes next to you. He's followed you through the portal, right? Yeah, and is barking happily and chasing his tail and getting distracted by iridescent insects and floating specks of light, and is just having a ball. Yeah, and Sam kind of notices that some of the vines along the path are starting to like kind of turn to greet him, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, 
like magical plants do yeah. sometimes They're, to yeah. you. Acknowledging yeah. your your presence. Yeah. What do the rest of you do as Sam and Waldo slowly uh, fade into the, the shimmering light? Cardigan was given an invitation. She's merrily jaunting through the portal as her clone just slowly merges with her path. They reform and she walks through. I was just going to signpost for you guys. Ryan Ryan needs some encouragement. Ryan is not liking the look of this. <laughs> Lord Yule, before we leave, may I have one of your opinions? What does Yule get in return? We bested you in combat. The To the victor goes the spoils. I helped you with the door. The deal's the deal. The deal was to open the door, but we bested you in combat. I would like one of your opinions as a prize. And I would like you to leave now. <laughs> Katie turns to Ryan, Royal Ryan. It might be a good idea for us to vacate the premises post haste. Do you mean vacate as in go into that shiny scary portal? I don't see why not. I guess you guys are uh you know real supers. You're like a a cool being with a lot of power and energy. I am I'm just like a I'm just a guy. Like, what if it... What if it hurts me? So what happens when you reveal a vulnerability or weakness, Ryan? <laughs> I give them influence and hold too. And I can spend that hold to help them as if it were a team in the pool. Whoa. Awesome. KT uh, now has influence over me. You're all of the midnight. Did, did KT already have influence over you? Uh, KT... No. KT now has influence over Royal Bramble. Excellent. How how does KT respond to this kind of uh, the softer side of Ryan? You've not really seen a whole lot of before. It can be very scary. Especially when it seems though, as though you have no other option. There was a time not too long ago where I was in a very similar situation, an opening towards a path that I'd never seen before, nor was it one that I expected to ever be placed upon. I had no choice but to enter it and see where it goes. I exited land. However, it was probably one of the better choices I'd made in my short life. There is always a risk. But sometimes, sometimes the reward is worth it. Go ahead and roll the comfort and support. That is going to be plus mundane. Absolutely. That is a six plus a three yes. minus one minus two for a six total. Minus two due to angry. Did you get the plus one from... From influence? Oh. Plus one for a seven. Total. Yeah. There we go. There we go. That's the, the most important influence. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> awesome. So, Ryan. Yeah. You, these 
words kind of hit home for you. You can uh, mark potential clear condition or shift labels if you open up to KT. I don't know. You you can help me decide what this is, but I think Ryan is going to like nod, give like one last glance over his shoulder towards home, and then hold out his hand and sort of like in the hopes that KT will take it. KT will take Ryan's hand. Awesome. And to help alleviate the heaviness of the situation, alter the density and lessen the effect of Earth's gravity on Ryan. And we shall both fly through the portal. Beautiful. I think that I'm going to like unmark insecure because of that. Because Katie yeah. kind of said like that I, I, I should come, so it's not like I'm Mm-hmm. I was also going to make a case for Cardigan flinging herself into easy relief going through this magical whimsical portal to unmark Hopeless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, wait, how do you unmark Hopeless? There's a chance that maybe Sam's not as hopeless. <laughs> Fling yourself into easy relief. Uh, oh, um, I don't think that applies to Sam, weirdly enough. I think he's still, some part of him is hopeless. Yeah. For hopeless, though, I mean, more Sam is being flung than him flinging himself. So, yeah, or like being 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 pulled, maybe. Mm-hmm. I would say pulled. He was drawn. He's drawn. So, yeah. There's still there's still some there's still some question marks. Still some question marks there. So, do you have uh, afraid marked Sam's condition? I just no. cleared it. Ah. I just cleared it. Because I was about to say, there is an argument. Yeah. Ryan does seem like they can be somewhat of a handful, and you running from them. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I, would, right. I would totally let you, yeah, I would totally allow that, say, like, you can, yeah, clear raid by, that's definitely running away from something, is you literally running away from the troubles of your, the world into Wonderland. Yeah, I do think that that mm-hmm. process happened, yeah. but, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll wreck on it. I'll allow it. So you, you can unmark another condition to say that you oh, unmark that one, one originally and then can clear okay. afraid from um, this. It seems fair. Chris, more recently important. I guess I'll unmark angry. I think that kind of comports with mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes. I think that makes the most sense. Like, hopeless, you're still not sure where you're going yet, but you're not as, like, emotional about it. Yeah, I think that hopelessness is more existential. I Mm -hmm. I don't feel right getting rid of it yet. Yeah, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. Awesome. And so, yeah, I think we get just the last page is just a nice full page of Ryan and KT holding hands as they walk through the shimmering light into the Feywilds. <clears throat> fly <laughs> wonder world comics is an actual play podcast of masks a new generation by brendan conway this issue was gm'd by michael dunham who can be found on twitter at galvanic man southpaw is played by charlie smiley who can be found on instagram at big sky charlie moonflower is played by kyra nelson who can be found on twitter at kyra m nelson graviton is played by sawyer a the Righteous Flame is played by Theodore Hampton, 
who can be found on his website at theohamptonphoto.com. Stitch is played by Justin Reed, who can be found on Twitter at WWComicsStitch. Mighty Briar is played by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. Wonder World Comics is produced by Michael Dunham and is edited by Michael Dunham and Justin Reed. The music is from Dvorak Symphony Number no. 9. Do you have questions or comments? You can get a hold of us on Twitter at WWComicsPodcast or send us an email at WWComicsPodcast at gmail.com.